Hello, Monetization Nation. Iron Man's Jarvis is a science fiction example of artificial intelligence with which many of us are familiar. The idea of artificial intelligence in chatbots has become a reality. Many businesses already implement chatbots, an artificial intelligence that mimics the conversational abilities of a human. Jennifer Echegarry is an expert in technology procurement and implementation. She helps companies find and implement the right technologies in the most effective ways possible. Some of her specialties include virtual reality, augmented reality, and chatbots. In today's episode, we're going to discuss how businesses can effectively use chatbots and what benefits they can expect to see as it is done right. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited uh, for this chat. So can you start off by sharing with us something that you are super passionate about? Something that I am super passionate about is connecting people. Um, I really enjoy um, connecting an idea and connecting the right person to facilitate that. That brings me joy. Can you tell me an example of a time where you did that and there were great results from it? Absolutely. So we just finished a really cool um, application for a chatbot. Um, I had a VP come to me. She was having a really difficult time with uh, her contact center. Uh, there was a lot of different inefficiencies and their employees had a survey and they were really, really disappointed with the access to information. It shocked her because their knowledge center is set up in a way that she thought was very user-friendly. And so she's like, we have a problem. How can I facilitate this? And uh, she, I, I was connected to her through um, another person in our network. And I said, yes, of course we can help you. And I was able to kind of take that particular use case, connect her with the most skilled vendor who ended up being from actually Eastern Europe. And we ended up just having such a good connection and they were able to develop a chatbot um, that helped alleviate, I think it was 40% uh, increase in efficiency of access to information for their employees, which is just huge. Yeah. And so I just love seeing those two businesses come together and a successful outcome. So I believe that passion you're describing, uh, Malcolm Gladwell talks about in his book, is it Blink? I don't remember which Blink. of his books. And, <laughs> and it's, he talks about the mavens, right? And he, so he would call you a maven. Yes, absolutely. I love Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> All right. Um, can you just share with us your story, your journey to become an expert maven, helping put together the right people with the right technologies? You know, um, I think uh, my journey is definitely not linear. Um, it's been quite a, an evolution, I think. Um, I started off uh, in finance. Um, I'm pretty analytical person by nature. Um, and I really enjoy research and, and understanding trends and forecasting, et cetera. So I started in financial institution and I also work into consumer packaged goods um, as an analyst. And then I, um, I realized quite quickly that I was a really terrible employee, unfortunately. And 
Um, I think it was through um, a mat leave actually that I had a bit more newfound freedom and ability just to kind of think creatively and understand, you know, what really brings me joy and where my purpose and passion were. And um, I've always been a huge, again, with my forecasting, I've been a huge um, nerd uh, into um, innovative new trends. And that, that can kind of come across in a variety of industries. I, I love learning about new food trends. I love learning about new technology trends, uh, just new uh, human behaviors and what's kind of coming. And so I like studying those prominently. And um, I was working a corporate job and I realized that um, I, the best thing about my job was connecting a specific uh, subset of people with the portfolio managers. And, um, and seeing that connection happen, I said, you know, how can I, how can I do this, but in an emerging tech? And so <clears throat> fast forward a little bit later, I worked for a management consulting company and procurement, and I had to negotiate a lot of different types of contracts. And I spoke to, I don't know, tons of business owners from so many different industries, from small, mid-size and and to all the way to corporate. And I had to speak to all the senior leaders and negotiate really difficult contracts. But in those negotiations, I had to understand their business in within like 10 minutes of talking to them. I looked at the numbers, I looked at the contract and I had to have some you know, good questioning and then I had to negotiate. And through that, I was just like, wow, I love entrepreneurship. I, I just, it resonated with me. I, I just, the freedom and the ability just to, um, be that trailblazer really resonated with me, especially when I spoke to those small business owners. And, um, and again, I saw that difference between the corporate who was kind of stuck and who had to kind of make certain decisions based on certain criteria, et cetera, compared to the business owner. And I just, I resonated with me. So another mat leave later, um, I was able to kind of put together um, a little bit around chatbots. Uh, one of the contracts I negotiated was with um, a chatbot vendor and um, I reached out to them and we ended up kind of getting a, a loose contract. And I said, I think I want to kind of take them to North America. I think it was, a, it was quite prominent in Europe and in uh, Apex, Asia Pacific. And I said, I, I think this could be a really great application for a lot of different businesses, both internal and external applications. And so that's, I kind of became their advisor for the Americas and just kind of evolved. Um, I think when I speak to a lot of different business owners, I mean, uh, uh, business, yeah, business owners or enterprises, um, they view me a little bit as, okay, she knows chatbots. She's a millennial. She worked in corporate. She understands and she's analytical. So she must know about augmented reality and she must know about, you know, virtual reality. And at the time, this was a few years ago, I, I really didn't. <laughs> and so I researched and I talked to as many different of the best vendors as possible. I interviewed them and I started to figure out, I'm like, no, this is, this is great. I think I need to make, I need to kind of make these connections with vendors around the world. And I can um, add that to my, my repertoire and I can help facilitate that procurement. And that's where I am today. <laughs> what is the greatest home run you've hit so far in your career? I think the greatest home run is uh, just going and starting the Chatsy group and not, and not looking back. Um, it's a very competitive, um, innovative, fun environment. It's male dominated. And I being in a male dominated environments for all of my career and um, I, I, I thrive. And so I've just 
it took a little while. It took a lot, actually it took a little gumption to start the chassis group because I didn't really quite believe in myself, I think in the way that I, I do now. And so that has been, I think my first, my first career run was just going with my gut and starting it. And that's actually the hardest part. What's been your biggest mistake or failure and what'd you learn from it? My biggest mistake is definitely overcomplicating um, uh, my business. Um, sometimes I think when you're a business owner, you work too much in your business rather than on it. I'm sure everybody's heard that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when I, I it, actually, it always happens whenever I hit a, a huge wall, I always ask myself now, it's like, Jen, are you overcomplicating things? What are you like, what's going on here? Like, what's the most simple way that you can get this done? And I take that agile MVP, minimum viable product kind of approach. And I say, okay, what's the minimum? And um, so I've definitely overcomplicated things and (laughs) failed. Um, But I think, again, failure is just a step for learning. So that is definitely one of my weaknesses as well. I definitely need to learn the superpower of simplicity. Yeah. And it's always those moments where you're like, oh, what's going on? It's it's because you're overcomplicating it. (laughs) It happens. Definitely. What do you feel is the best monetization strategy or secret you could share with our audience? Go the opposite way of what everybody else is doing. Um, Absolutely. I when I was working for the chatbot uh, vendor, you know, it was, the, the space was not really saturated. It wasn't too bad. Uh, There's a couple of key players, but then now, you know, fast forward now, every, every, a lot of different, I think 15, over 1500 vendors and chatbots alone. Wow. Yeah. It's a pretty competitive environment, but again, there's, it ranges from super simple templated to all the way, very custom NLP and, and that range. And once I was in it, I said, you know, I was like, should I be in this? Should I be that white labeling this? Or should I, should I start overthinking it? And like, no, I think what I, what I bring to the table is I want to go the opposite. I'm not going to be a vendor. I'm going to be the connector. And I think that has been my biggest success was recognizing what the biggest weakness is in this, in this whole connection is it's not agile at all. And businesses want to be agile and I can help them. Yeah, with 1,500 different vendors in the space, there's no way a, a business can ever get up to speed to figure out what's the best one. So hiring no. someone that's already done that work is tremendously valuable. Yeah, and I think it's a, I use the word outsource, and I think it's um, it's a bit, it has a bit of a negative connotation. It's like insurance, right? Like it shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> and um, I feel like more and more businesses are recognizing we have to outsource it because you, rather than in-house hiring and spending a ton of extra money and resources, hire it out to an expert and it's done. It's quick, it's easy, and, it, and it, it's a lot done. So I, I think in the next five to 10 years, we're gonna see a lot more consultants and a lot more uh, businesses just learning to capitalize on their strengths rather than trying to invest yeah. too much more. Yeah. So you love the trends. You love the, the emerging technologies. I, I share that passion. Um, we talk a lot about on this show, a concept called tectonic shifts. And it's basically, you know, you think of where two tectonic plates move against each other and, and they cause destruction like earthquakes or volcanoes, but they also cause huge growth like mountain formation. And the same thing happens in business and we see it over and over again. And the people that can identify these tectonic shifts, it can fuel huge growth and the people who don't, it can cause massive destruction in their businesses. Um, yeah. What do you think are the greatest tectonic shifts 
that are transforming the business landscape today? Well, uh, COVID happened and so (laughs) happening. Um, That has been a huge accelerator for businesses to wake up and realize that if you're not digitally transforming, you're, you're losing. And so that has been a huge shift. Um, I think another big one is outsourcing. Like I said earlier, um, I think recognizing, I, I just spoke to a huge organization, um, large pharma company, and I found out that they now outsource over 85% of their HR. Whereas before, everything was in-house and now everything is being outsourced. And so, um, like I said, they're leaving it to the professionals, but there is still that, you still need to maintain that core identity and still have that, you know, main hub in, in source, but they're trying to outsource. Um, with emerging tech, I think just being um, able to provide a very uh, creative, resonating, um, accessible experiences for their for your customers and for your employees is just going to be the way of the future. It's just going to be expected, especially since people are doing it in their personal lives. And with business and personal being so meshed these days, I think we expect um, businesses to um, accommodate to our own personal decisions and choices and uses of, of technology, et cetera. So I, I think um, it's going to happen and it's exciting. Um, I will also add one more thing with data has been a huge uh, one too, because of the technology we deal with, a lot of the data captured, especially in chatbots is very powerful. And every CIO I talk to, they're always wondering how can we use this data and um, so we're seeing a lot of companies um, really rather than think, think gut feel, they're, they're leaning towards the data and what their customers are actually um, telling them through that data. So I, I imagine it's going to be the, the, the products and the services are going to come out are going to be a lot more, it's going to resonate a lot more just because it's, da- it's, it's technology. It's not just on emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Let's dive into chatbots for a bit. Absolutely. Um, why would a company want to implement chatbots? It really depends on their business objectives and what their problems are. Um, I think a lot of companies come to me and they've, they've heard of chatbots and they think, well, everybody's doing them. And so we should do one or they've, or they've maybe, uh, you know, maybe they talked to one on, on, on a website and they're personal and shopping. And so they feel like they need to use one. And I always caution and I say, there has to be a great use case for a chatbot because you don't want to just implement a technology just because because employees and people are inundated with a ton of different technology in the day-to-day and if you overcomplicate things they won't adopt it and then it's a waste of time and money so um, why would a business want to implement a chatbot i think the number one from an enterprise standpoint it's always access to information um, there's so much in the knowledge bases right now for their employees and there's so many buttons and links and authentications to get through when reality we're just used to going to google typing something in and someone just like spitting something exactly what i want at me yeah and i think that's the best use case for chatbots is just an efficient way of getting access to information in their company on the marketing side ton of great use cases um, from a customer service side of things obviously a great customer use case you can speak how many different languages with a chatbot yeah. <laughs> compared to having to hire resources to do that Um, you can also, again, from a customer service angle, there's always going to be a level one, level two, level three type of customer service. And so that level one, the chatbot should be able to handle 
we're hoping to at least be like 60% of that. And then, so that alleviates a lot of the human um, interaction on those silly, arduous, annoying, can you look this up for me? Like, that's not what a, a human's creative brains are supposed to be doing, right? A, a robot can do that. Um, but when there's an actual complex problem or something that, or a really high needs client that really needs that human touch, the chatbot will be able to that ability to transfer right on up. So there's just that quick knowledge transfer and uh, it's efficient for the, for the customer and the organization. Is that a problem to remove the human side? I know there's this huge push for marketing to become more human and less automated. <laughs> Do you see any, any negative pushback if we try to automate it too much? Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm, I'm one of those people. I will always kind of hold the reins, so to speak on there's, there's a certain extent where a chatbot can, you know, or any type of technology can, can help, but then it, but then past that point, it doesn't help anymore. If anything, it makes the, the entire experience more frustrating. So a lot of user testing, a lot of feedback, a lot of, you know, focus groups help understand where that threshold is that the chatbot just can't handle and that's when you make sure that that human handoff uh, or ability to um, for human to interact with the with the client is is imperative. So absolutely, what, what's the best advice you can give to a business about retaining their hum, human relationship, their human touch with the client while implementing a chatbot? Yes. Um, so, in a discovery type of phase uh, in a chatbot, the number one thing I'll always, I'll always make sure I have a few different people from a couple different departments on that call. I never want to just have one person's opinion on when they think a chatbot is a good use case. I always want to make sure we have a marketing person, a customer service person, operations person. So we can kind of all work together in making sure that the chatbot that we're building has the right personality and brand voice. It's has it has the technical integrations possible so that they can access the information as quick as possible and then also on the customer service side making sure that that handoff or that escalation possibility is there so um brand voice and it is also and also i'll just say especially in chatbots conversational design is also very very important and there's only in my opinion i have quite a few decent chatbot penders on my on my roster there's only a few that I trust from a conversational design standpoint. A lot of them out there are just building flows based on what they think. And um, you got to find a really, really top-notch conversational designer to make sure that that is, that that, that the message is built, I mean, delivered in the right way. Maybe, maybe we should step back and let me ask a question I should have asked at the beginning. Why don't you explain what is a chatbot? Maybe, maybe some of the audience doesn't even understand. They, maybe they, they've seen it and interacted with it a few times, but maybe explain what it is. Sure. Um, a chatbot is basically a conversational experience that uses, in some contexts, artificial intelligence and natural language processing. And it just mimics the conversation uh, between real per real people um, in voice, both written and voice formats. So it it just it it's a robot that has artificial and NLP capabilities, and it's built with conversational flow. So whenever you have an intent, like "Hey, I I want a coffee," or "We should go get a coffee," or "Let's go get a cappuccino," it, it understands that intent and is able to go into that knowledge base and spit out 
the answer that you wanted to, or where would you like to go for coffee, right? So it understands that context. So a chatbot is just that, it's just that connection. And my next question is, what are the biggest benefits of chatbot? And some of them that come to my mind that we might want to discuss, and I'm sure you'll have many others, is maybe a reduction in, in customer service cost, maybe yep. helping a business scale, maybe answering simple questions, um, maybe reducing customer service response times. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you see as the biggest benefits of, of implementing these chatbots? Yeah, I see, um, I see for me... So chatbots offer from a business side of things, right? They're, they're data driven, um, they're scalable, and they offer a really, really, um, I guess, an enriched customer experience. So in business terms, it's higher user engagement, 24-7 availability and scalable. And it has, um, especially the custom built ones, have the um, intelligence advantage there, meaning um, it has a deeper understanding of how people are speaking and you're able to kind of, I guess, respond better to their needs, et cetera. But you nailed some major benefits there. Those are from a marketing standpoint. Do you, do you want to talk to those just for a minute? Um, so let, talk about customer service. How, what benefits do you see for, for the customer service costs by implementing a chatbot? Does it really even reduce the cost? You know, there's a lot of great calculators out there. And I, um, I lean on a few that I really, that I like, especially if the business owners want to understand ROI. Um, but, you know, you can take the number of customer service reps that you have and multiply it out by the number of hours and, you know, you can do the formula and you can, you can, I guess you can start to see the efficiencies of a chatbot build. So initially a chatbot might only save like 5% of your, of your customer service time. Right. And as it gets smarter and smarter, as you train it, it can get up to about 30 to 40 to 60% and it can cover on a customer service increase. So it saves a lot of time and agents time on that end. So yes, good ROI on the business side of things. Um, but again, it really depends on how many, like where you're talking to your customers. I think a lot of businesses assume like, oh, I'm just gonna put on my website. And I'm like, well, is that the right first right place? Like maybe we should kind of take a look at the data and see, because it might be better if we actually put it on the Facebook Messenger first, because that might be a really solid starting point. And then maybe we go on WhatsApp and then maybe your website. So it just really depends on the business actually and where their clients are talking to. Chatbots and marketing are also really powerful, right? They're, they're really um, powerful in the funneling, uh, in different funnels. And so if um, rather than lead somebody to a separate landing page off of a campaign or something like that, you can kind of keep them in that same chatbot funnel and not take them away and still get the signups and stuff. I've seen a lot of great success and campaigns um, on different product launches. They view chatbots and I've seen a lot of good successes there too. Maybe you can give us an example of that. Help us understand specifically sure. how someone did that. Yeah. So um, a large beverage company did a huge um, campaign for one of their new soft drinks. And uh, what they did is they used a chatbot in the theme of like a Halloween theme and they gamified it. So um, somebody would you know, click on it on, in Facebook and it would guide them through this game. They were able to make decisions in the chatbot and go through it. And at the end of the game, um, they got like a, a, a redeem for a coupon or something for that specific beverage. 
And the um, benefits were the higher user engagement was like 60% higher engagement. And I think the time of an actual, that the time spent in the chatbot was like over seven minutes long. So that was a really powerful for that marketing team just to understand that, okay, people are willing to go through it and they really like the game side of things. Um, another cool one we did was um, in, it was in, in, a, in a retail like e-com uh, setting. Um, we did an augmented reality and a chatbot kind of experience so that you were able to try on different sunglasses on your face while shopping through the chatbot. So the most annoying thing I think that they found with their customers, this particular uh, e-com, where they weren't able to try the glasses on and there were so many, there's so much selection and everybody's face shape is different. So like, how are you supposed to know? But they, they thought maybe, a and they already had a chatbot. And so they just added an augmented reality layer to it to try on the different glasses and the user engagement exploded. The, uh, the buy-ins were just unbelievable. So from a revenue side of things, it made sense. Um, so that was just a really fun one that we did. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for sharing your stories and knowledge with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, chatbots can help save a company and customers lots of time. They can maintain a 24-7 response system so the customers can have constant access to communication and answers. Number two, chatbots can help reduce customer service costs and increase customer sales. Number three, chatbots can help increase efficiency. Number four, chatbots are scalable and data-driven. They can take frequently asked questions or common problems and turn them into data we can use to improve the customer experience. Number five, chatbots can increase user engagement. Number six, if we want to install a chatbot, there should be a great use case for it. Number seven, chatbots have the danger of overcomplicating things and reducing personalized connection. So be very careful with your implementation. If you enjoyed this interview and want to learn more about Jennifer or connect with her, you can find her on her LinkedIn profile or her company's website, chatc.ai. And there's links to both of these sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Do you want to be a better digital monetizer? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can get a free monetization assessment of your business or subscribe to the free Monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, please subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast or YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. Do you use chatbots? If so, what benefits have you seen? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success as you roll out chatbots for your venture. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.